0: Podcast brought to you by the Who You Know Network. Remember, don't drown and see a transition. Grab the vet SOS Lifeline. We have a great one for you today. And I'm telling you that, not only because I've, I've talked with this, I've talked with this individual uh, personally. I know Eric has had a long-standing relationship with this person, but in just the five minutes before we started recording, we have been laughing hysterically. Uh, This is going to be so much fun. I'm glad you're tuning in today. Uh, We're lucky to have Aaliyah Engel with us today, and we're looking forward to all the great things that she's got going on and all the information she's going to tell us. Uh, Eric, back together again today. How are you
1: doing? Brother, I am ecstatic. I am so excited to be talking to one of the rosiest, most riveting people I've ever met. Do you see what I did there? Do you see what I did there?
2: (laughs) Yes. He's been holding on to that all morning.
0: (laughs) I bet you he was up all night writing that. <laughs> but that is awesome uh, and a great description. Uh, so, we're not going to waste any time. I want to provide all the time in the world here to Aliyah. So, we're going to jump right into the introduction and get going. Aliyah is the owner of the Work Culture Works, a consulting agency built to help managers create healthy, safe work environments in order to reduce turnover and increase the bo- that bottom line. Aliyah is an experienced professional with a passion for developing and improving workspace culture. Her career journey began with the United States Air Force, where she gained b- valuable experience in a multiple career fields, giving her a unique perspective into differing work cultures within the same organization. While in the Air Force, prepared a copy, uh, Aliyah earned three master's degrees, two bachelor's degrees, and six associate's degrees, uh, all focusing on the concepts of human resources, innovation, leadership, and workplace culture. After 21 years in the military, she retired and began pursuing her doctorate in leadership and education in healthcare at Nebraska Methodist College. Aaliyah, single-handedly, I think you are keeping the higher education in business. It's uh, yes. is fantastic, and as someone who has a lot of degrees, I, I appreciate the continued thirst for knowledge. But besides that, we are so well, uh, happy to have you here. Um, how are you doing today?
2: I'm doing wonderful. I mean, we've been trying to do this for quite a while. I'm, I'm happy that we've finally been able to connect and get together.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, it, 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 real excited to have you on here. Um, let's jump right into it. So you did 21 years. So you, you, you're a veteran. You, you have that love of the veterans already. But what made you start to uh, want to even help in the transition space at all? What what led you? What, what led your path here?
2: Well, it's interesting because, you know, most of us go through a more difficult time through our transition than we expect to go through. Most of us experience a much rougher transition. My transition, however, was extremely unique because I dropped my notice right in the middle of COVID. Nice. So we had no resources. I had nothing. Uh, we technically we had tap, but that was online CBTs, you know, and, and that's even, even when it is in person, it's not meeting, giving you what you need to begin with. So, especially when you convert it to CBTs, I got nothing out of that. So I was put in a position where I was forced to go find the information myself. And as you've mentioned, I am a learner. And so if I don't understand something, if I don't know what I'm doing, I'm just gonna go figure it out for myself. I'm gonna go find all the resources I can possibly find and become an expert in it myself. And that is what I ended up doing, just trying to get my own transition um, completed. And in the process, I ended up helping so many other people and I became a part of this community that I didn't even know existed. And so when I was done, when I finally hit that retired date and I said, all right, well, I guess I still have all this information. What am I supposed to do with it? I'm going to keep doing it. I'm going to stay in this community because this is exactly where we get the information that we need to succeed. It's not going to be tap, and it's not going to be anything that they give us as the mandatory requirements. It's going to be when we get out here and start helping each other.
0: Then- Absolutely. And yeah. I think the the one thing I, I heard it explained a couple of times by a couple of different people who come on the show, and they talk about how TAP is, is like that minimum PT score, you mm-hmm. know, you to the very basic stuff. Um, and, and, you know, some instructors are better than others. We all know that. Yeah. Um, I was blessed to have one course I took where the instructor was phenomenal and went above and beyond, you know, probably broke several laws doing that but you know besides the point um it is what exactly what you said you know? it's that that bare minimum and then there's so much more out there um, yeah. and the fact that what you did is the same thing eric i know we've heard multiple times on the show you take ownership of your transition and that made the difference in, in all that you know and i know eric you've talked about that numerous times
1: yeah i in but Aaliyah, what you said is, and, and, and I know you've, like, you are an incredible human being. You've got a heart to give, but what you said is right. We can't just sit back, right? We can't just hold on to all this information because when we look behind us and we look at the next folks coming through, they're struggling. We're not, I, I hate to say it, but we're not unique in our struggle, right? The, the circumstances might be unique, but we all kind of struggle. Yes. So we have to be able to share that information. We have to be able to get it to the next person because we are who we can count on. Yeah. Right. Yep. And I'm personally thankful that I've got family like you in this space that I know I can count on, that when I am struggling, I can reach out to you and I have known each other for a while. You're a huge advocate for our community.
0: And huge. I love watching that. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I think Eric just ended the interview. Okay. (laughs) Mike, (laughs) we're done. (laughs) All right. So, obviously, you have a thirst for knowledge. What, Mm -hmm. and this is coming from someone who has a lot of degrees to to wallpaper the wall as well. (laughs) What made you go after 11 degrees? Well, 12, because you're pursuing a doctorate as well.
2: Uh, honestly, uh, it was a, it was a combination of, I still had no idea what I wanted to do when I grew up all the way up until retirement. I still had no idea. So I just kept going back and learning something new, but there's also that aspect of, you know, as, as a member of the military, we have a lot of educational resources that will pay for school for us. And I am not somebody that likes to waste resources. So if I see an opportunity, I'm taking it. So between resources and just being lost, here I am.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I can't disagree with anything you just said. You know, yeah. and I, I sort of viewed the, the last couple of years I was in the service with the, the COOL program in the Army. And the certifications. I got tons of certifications over the you know, because I didn't waste that money, I didn't waste the resource when after it trying to figure out who I wanted to be. Yeah. So I can't disagree at all with that. How about you, Eric?
1: No, I um you know I I, I grew up, you know, you clean your plate, right? You clean your plate, you eat all your beans, you, you finish the peas, whatever it is, like you clean your plate and there's so much out there for us. Yeah. Um It is easy. I think, and Ali, I think you'll, you'll attest this. Like it's, it's easy to get bogged down and just kind of get overwhelmed with all of the things that are out there, but you have done such a great job of becoming. And I have said this, I will say this till my my dying breath. You have done such a great job of becoming the CEO of your transition. You have taken charge (laughs) of your transition, right? And people who are in charge of things don't waste things, right? Because we've got skin in the game.
2: That too. Yeah. And in, in my my transition in particular was so so difficult that I thought there's no way it should be this bad. I'm not the first person to ever retire out of the Air Force. There's no reason it should be this difficult. How many people have gone through this and no one has streamlined this yet? Come on. So, yeah, that's why I did it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> what I remember I,
2: I, what I went through.
1: <laughs> I remember having that thought as I was retiring, I went through the exact same thing. How could I possibly be so successful for 25 years yes. only to fumble the ball on the five yard line with 10 seconds left in the game?
2: Nailed like, how,
1: how am I, how am I the only one that's jacking this up? Yep. But that's the realization is that there's so many of us out there that are struggling. There's so many of us out there that don't know what's next because we've become so accustomed to what we've done, whether it's been four years or 34 years, we've become accustomed. We're in this institutionalized way of thinking. And now the shackles are taken off and that freedom is the most rewarding and freeing thing and the most terrifying thing in the world.
2: Yep. All in so right. how did,
1: how, how do you think, what do you think was your, what was your aha moment? What was it? What was that moment where you just went, that's it. That's the, the, the light bulb has come on and I, I've got an idea of how this is supposed to go now. What was that moment for you?
2: Well, I, I guess I can tell you for just my personal s- story of how I got to where work Culture works, and that was that um, I did what everyone else does. I-, I prepared myself to slide right into a job somewhere anywhere, big corporation didn't matter. and I did really great. I did everything all of these agencies told me to do. I nailed that job they wanted me. And I got in there and I was this rock star and for four months, I said, this is the dumbest thing I've ever done. Why did I do this? <laughs> I am not doing this anymore. I'm out. And I dropped the notice. <laughs> I did everything that I was told to do. And then after four months, I realized I'm not happy. This, this work culture is toxic. It's worse than anything I've ever been in. I got to get out of here. So I left. Then I went and found another job, did exactly what I was told to do again, right? I, I did the interview, I, I targeted that resume, I nailed it. I was the rock star they wanted me. I got in there three months later. I'm like, this is the second stupidest thing I've ever done in my life. Why am I doing this to myself? Because I'm not following what I'm wh- what my needs are anymore, because we have been taught to do what the what the gander needs right we've been doing what the team needs and we're doing exactly what we're told and we're very good at doing exactly what we're told what we suck at is stopping and saying wait a minute i don't have to do what i'm told anymore what makes me happy where is my goal landing at that is the moment
1: so many of us get caught yes. in that moment, yes. right? We, because we think that we just have to have a job. I'm leaving service. I have to do something. I have to work. I have to have a job. And so we land in the wrong culture. We land yes. at the wrong position. We land at the wrong, you know, the wrong level or the wrong salary, or the wrong location. And honestly, that's where people like you come in is to kind of help us figure that out. Right. Right is to like, that's, that's where, that's where this podcast is. So like, that's what we want to do with this is we want to get the word out that it's yours.
0: Yes, right? What is your, your, why sensitive.
1: it's yours. And that is one of the hardest things I think some of us have to do is once we shed that uniform is I, as figure out what my identity is. Now it has been yes. wrapped up in the in service and in God, country and core. And it has been wrapped up in, all the lickies and chewies on our walls and our uniforms and our badges and our, but, but what makes me happy?
2: Yes. Yes.
1: Yeah. I'm so because glad you found it. it.
2: Once you find that you're going to go keep continue going through that cycle over and over and over again yep. until you figure out what makes you happy.
1: God bless. I, I don't, we're going to run out of knowledge bombs. I'm just going to drop another one. We're going to run out of <laughs> It, it, it's such
0: it's such a valuable point and so important because I mean, every one of us I'm not going to say we all do it because um, I've definitely talked to some people who are fighting the system the whole way and struggling instead of at least listening to some advice but you know it's I, I'm just like you in the sense that you know I did everything I was supposed to do for the transition I did the internship. I, I you know, landed a job out of the internship. I had another program I applied for. Got a job offer out of there. So I had two offers at the same time. You know, just how they, you know, they draw it up like John Madden on the whiteboard, exactly how you're supposed to do it. Um, and then, you know, right now I'm blessed that the work culture I'm in uh, is not like the one you described. Um, <laughs> so I, I, I can't complain there. I am not complaining about my job, um, but. At the same time, you have to make sure you are happy, and that was the one thing I, I left transition with in my mind: is I don't care what the job is; I really don't, as long as I'm happy. If I can go to work every day, I join the people I'm around, I enjoy the work we're doing. I mean, work is work, but you can still enjoy it. Um, and I don't want to come home and kick the dog. You know, then you know maybe that is. You know, now, ultimately, I think taking that leap. Like you did and i think we're leading right into work culture works um i think is that next level of happiness uh and i'd love to hear why you started work culture works
2: oh yeah so i guess um at that point or i had finally (laughs) quit that second job i said um, I just went back and looked at my own resume for a second. I said, why did I do these things? Why did I focus on these topics? And, and throughout my military career, you know, I focused, I, I got a degree in HR because I wanted to be a better manager. I got a degree in um, technology management because I wanted to be a bet- better at innovation. And so all of these things kind of pointed all towards the same thing. And I realized I am a work culture expert. Like everything I know, everything I breathe, everything I'm obsessed with about learning all leads to improving work culture. And so rather than trying to go into these big corporations and become a part of something, why don't I start it from the ground up myself? And then I started looking into the industry and and we all know that everybody has had a bad boss. We've, we've all had bad management, bad teams, bad environments, whatever the case is. But when I started researching it, 85% of civilian work centers are considered toxic. 85%. Wow. And as soon as I found that, I said, yep, that's it. I got. I got to do this. This is where my need is. This is exactly where I can help. And so I, 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 I'm. It's interesting because I'm extremely risk averse. I've never had any intention of ever being an entrepreneur a day in my life. But when that day when I saw 85%, and then I looked over at my resume, I said, "This is obvious. This is this is exactly where where this needs to go." So. May 26th, I open the doors
1: (laughs) and look at, look at what you're doing for our community, right? Look what you're doing for your brothers and sisters, because you're not, not only do you spend a ton of time helping them as they transition, but now you are inside of, inside of organizations, inside of the culture fixing. You're not just talking about the issue. You're a part of the solution for the issue and you're creating great landing pads for the people who are coming in and trying to find employment, you're creating great work environments so that people like me can go find a job, do not have to have the same experience you mm-hmm. had in your first two jobs, can find a non-toxic, a, a, a culture of you know collaboration and diversity of thought and all of these things, and we can mm-hmm. have this. Mm-hmm. And I can come out and and now I can thrive because yeah. I'm going to tell you, Aliyah, I don't have an entrepreneurial bone in my body either. That's not something <laughs> you're ever going to see Eric Brew do. Right, I like having a structure of an organization.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, me too.
1: Yeah, so I appreciate you, sis.
2: I I just think about, um, you know, when when I started my transition two years ago, that's when you and I met. You were actually the first person I ever met in my transition. And when I think about that two years ago and today, night and day, night and day, you and I have, have, we've, we've seen so many success stories since then. And it's, I I love it.
1: Yeah. I love And I have loved seeing where you've gone, what you've walked (laughs) through and where you are now. It is so fun to watch our siblings succeed, right? It's so fun to sit back and go. Yeah, that's what they should have been doing. I remember when when I watched you launch and I was like, yep, that's exactly where she should have been the whole time. So, yeah. OK, so yeah. tell us, tell us what is it? How do I want to phrase this? Tell us what an organization can expect by bringing you on board and helping us fix our culture.
2: Yeah, so I, 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 I currently offer three different packages and it really just depends on well, it depends on a lot of factors. It depends on the size of your company and it depends on um, how deep you want me to go. So the first package I can come in and I can just give very generalized basic training to your managers and your employees because from my, from the way I deliver my information, it, the reason it's different from regular leadership training is I look at it from an employee perspective. I don't come in and tell your leaders, what your leaders should be doing to get what they need, because it's never about what they need. It's been about the employees from the very beginning. So when I come in and I provide that training, I say, as an employee, this is how you foster positive work culture. As a manager, this is how you foster positive work culture. And as a senior leadership team member, CEO, C-suite, whatever, you aren't off the hook either. This is how you ensure foster, to and foster positive work center. Um, and so that's just like the very generalized training. And then I also offer an option where I come in and, I, and I, I do my investigation. You basically just let me loosen your company for a week and I'll walk around. I'll ask questions. I'll do interviews. I'll, I'll observe. I'll probably just sit and just watch for a day and see how people interact with each other. Pick up on those idiosyncrasies that people may not necessarily be willing to verbalize to me. And then there's a third package that I have finally laid down and mastered. And that is basically uh, I go in as an employee and I, uh, I get the inside scoop. And then I come back in two, three weeks with the employee's perspective. And I tell you exactly what where the problem is and how to fix it. I'm not going to hold your hand. All I can do is tell you exactly what you need to do to fix it. It'll be up to you if you want to do it or not.
1: I, Undercover boss. Yeah, I was like, just thinking, yeah. I'm, like, I'm, I'm picturing, I'm like, okay, so Ali is a pretty recognizable human being. I'm thinking, like, are we talking disguises? Yeah, like, I'm
2: I'm doing all funny. of it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you never know how many wigs I've got in that closet. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so you're, you're explaining this, and the thing that's going through my mind is the movie Office Space. Mm, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. How many times? you sit down and talk with an employee and you get the conversation, you know, I got seven bosses, Bob.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And that's a problem. <laughs> that's a problem. Yeah.
1: So, so as a transitioning service member who maybe has not, who, who maybe is not walking into an organization who has been blessed by aligning themselves with with yours. Right. Right. So, tough right. organizations. What advice do you give us? What things do we look out for? What, what are the things that we should be, or better yet, and I'm going to change my question, as we're doing inter- informational interviews, mm-hmm. right, as we're trying to learn about the cultures of organizations before we take the plunge, yeah. what should we be looking for? What should we be asking?
2: Mm, you should ask, um, what does your recognition program look like? Okay. Okay. You should ask things like, do you have a career development plan for your employees?
1: Yeah. A lot of, and I think a lot of us don't know that a lot of organizations have, um, you know, they've got, uh, uh, what do you call it? Educational benefits, right? Mm-hmm. That they have through the HR department. You can get your educational mm-hmm. benefits. What is that? Um, I'll tell you one thing that I'm a big fan of, of, of asking and I know you're going to, I know you recognize this is what is, what is yeah. your veteran onboarding process? Yep. Right. Yeah. What, what's your V, what's your veteran ERG look yep. like? What's the health of it? Is it relevant? Mm-hmm. Um, okay. and, I,
2: and I think it's really important to also keep in mind that as veterans, we, we, we come, we come from a world that civilians, they, they, they don't understand the, 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 the culture that we come from, I guess that's the best way to describe it. We come from a world of do what I say, not, Mm -hmm. I don't have to tell you why you just do it. And we can't go into a civilian job and say that to people. We cannot go out there and say, go do this because I said so. That's not how this works. You know, so. As managers, yes, we might have been very effective in the military. That's not, may not work for us so well outside. So we have to keep ourselves in check with that as well.
1: And I think, I think that's where it becomes so important to become bilingual, right? To be able to speak that, that language of civilian ease, right? Because, and and it's not just that, right? Like, I think we all want to high five each other when a veteran, you know, finds employment or they get a job or they start their own thing, but that's, I mean, getting a job, that's truly where the real work begins, how do I integrate into a new team, right? If I, if I'm a senior, if I'm a senior person in the military and I come out and I take a job at a, and I'm a senior leader in an organization, or I'm a leader in an organization. How do I recognize what talent looks like when it doesn't look the same as it did for 20 or 30 years? Yep. I knew what talent looked like in the army. I know what a solid, a solid junior leader looked like in the army. I could pick them out like this. It, yeah. That doesn't mean that John and Jane are going to look the same, but that doesn't mean they're not talented. Yeah.
2: No, Exactly. Exactly. Uh, and, and a lot of recruiters actually say that they say um, it's not necessarily about the skills. It's about the character. Correct. Just, so I, I don't care that he has the degree on his resume. Does he have the empathy that I'm looking for in a leader?
1: Yep. 100%. Yeah, that's a huge point. And
0: if we could make everybody just wear black, shiny boots and make it easier. To <laughs> <find out>.
2: Right, <laughs> right? <laughs> right.
1: If we just spit shined our shoes, we would know who cared. It's the simple things that made life easy.
0: Uh, so. <laughs> uh, believe it or not, we're already coming down to the end. Um, oh, wow. Which I, I don't know why we didn't book this for two episodes, because we, we probably do way, well in advance. This was going to be full of information and a lot more to come still. Um, but that's good. That means you got to come on again. Part two. Um, yeah. <laughs> um but the one thing we like to do is ask. Well, first of all, we got all your information scrolling across the bottom, so people can reach out to you. They can they can get get in touch with you. They can follow you. They can uh, uh, connect with you on LinkedIn. You need to do it if, if you're not connected with Leah. She is filled with uh, information and she's willing to help, which is you know just absolutely amazing. But the thing we want to do, and we ask every every guest, this is. What do you want to leave our audience with?
2: Don't be afraid to ask
0: for help.
1: Mm.
2: We've been we 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 do we've been doing what we've been doing for so long that we think we're we're supposed to be able to do this on our own. And the, uh, we've been told a hundred times in our career, you should know this. Well, I don't. So now what? Will you help?
1: I love it. I love it. Ask for help. That's like one of the hardest things we have to do, isn't it? Like take us, take a step back and give ourselves permission to not have all the answers and, and then to be able to take the power back and go find them and go find the experts, go find the people. Listen, for those of you listening, if you are not connected with following listening to every word that drops out of this, this person's mouth, you are a fool. You have got, I'm listen, I, I am, I am a a huge fan. I'm a believer. Um, I don't know. Ali, you are, you are one of those people that you have got, like, people have got to start. They got to stop for a minute and just listen because you offer so, so much value and so much, such a wealth of experience. You have fallen down. You've scraped your knee. You have landed poorly. You've gotten up. You've dusted yourself off right? And you carried yourself forward and you didn't do that alone. You are, you are the model of don't do it alone. Yeah. So I am so incredibly proud of you, sis. I am so happy that you are my family. Um, I thank you for being on the show. I thank you for taking time. I know uh, it takes time out of your day and I know you're doing a thousand other things, but we really appreciate you being here. Um, Man, it's been a blast. It's been a blast. Sean, any last thoughts?
0: I just want to remind everybody that this episode started with Aaliyah saying she did everything she was supposed to do and landed the job, and then it still didn't work out. Okay. That things didn't align correctly. It's important to make sure that you're not only doing the things you're supposed to be doing, but also really learning your why and, and pursuing that because that is a big factor there. Aaliyah, amazing. Great stuff. Um, Really enjoyed having you come on the the show today, and and definitely looking forward to bringing
1: you back on uh, for for part two because that's going to be absolutely dynamite. Yes. All right, we're gonna have to go back and count our knowledge bombs here, Sean. I, I, I may have, I may have an inkling this might have set a record today. So we're gonna have to go back and count how many we had. Um, We might just have to
0: add in more footage of her because there's so many bombs (laughs) blocking everything.
1: That's right. That's right. All right. Well, thank you again, Leah for being here. Listen, thank you everyone for tuning in to the Vet SOS podcast. Remember, don't, uh, don't drown in a sea of transition. Grab the SOS Lifeline. Y'all have a great day. We'll talk to you soon.